So, does anybody, do you have a nickname? Does anybody call you anything in particular? I don't know. I think I hate sharing my name, but I mostly have gone by Hannah, but I also went by, like, Hannah, the, like, Hannah Banana when I was younger, and so then people called me HB. HB. <laughs> like HP Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. You got a scar on your you? forehead. Um, yes. So, I don't know where this nickname came from, and I think it was because I generally like to, like, scurry between like things so if like i need to get from point a to point b i don't know where this is going um i would like try to like slip through and mind you i was kind of a hefty child so like i don't know i think i just thought that i was skinny and then i just like somehow passed through like areas that i should have never been able to pass through it's very osmosis um but my family would call me scooter (laughs) and the funny thing is like Uh any what happened so like if you were if we were just like somehow randomly near my family and um and someone was like hey scooter i'd be like hey what what's going on like (laughs) immediately and it's happened on multiple occasions where i'll be in conversation with somebody and like let's say my undergraduate campus and i would be talking to a friend and then my sister would come around the corner and be like hey scooter and i would turn around and acknowledge her and then my friend would look at me and be like what did your sister just call you yeah so my nickname is scooter i support it so Hey, can HB. can your co like your host name be Scooter on here? Scooter, sure. Can yours be HB? Uh, maybe. Can I call you Bananas? Oh my gosh! Actually, I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that. Bananas. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, what are we doing right now? What do you mean? We're recording a podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was I was trying to do like an intro. I bet you know I. Da, 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 da. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Queerdom. Welcome. We're excited. This is our third episode. Whoop de whoop whoop. Um, and we're excited to today talk about a topic that's gonna be kind of fun. Um, our past topics have a little bit, been a little bit serious. Um, and rightly so. But this one, uh, our main topic, the meat or tofu of our podcast, we're gonna be talking about queer pop culture in different formats and it's going to be a, a big spectrum per se um, of queer pop culture but of course we're going to begin with our first section Gabbin and Gabbin Gabbin and Gabbin You know I haven't what? made a joke about this before but like what when we say who we're can we say who we're grabbing? <laughs> I'm With kidding. consent? Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to say that. Okay, so what are you grabbing right now? Um, uh, Vitamin C, everything that I can get. I got a flu shot. Like, I'm just trying really hard not to get sick. I never get flu shots. Well, I got one. I got my first one. It was it was fine. I was, like, tensing up. I was like, okay, just do it. And she's like, one, two, three. And then she had already done it. Like, by she got to three, she had already done it. I was like, mm-hmm. wait, are you going to do it? She's like, I already did it. It's like, oh, geez. Okay. If you're trying to not be sick, I would definitely grab vitamin C tablets. One of my favorite things. Yeah. And, like, the ones that are crushable, like, you can chew on them. Um, or get airborne. And just put a little sugar in it. Well, yeah. I mean, I like emergency is my go-to. Mm. I actually was putting myself through a lot of unpleasantness that I didn't realize I didn't have to go through. Like, 
for what a long mean? time, I would put the emergency in a liter of water and then have to painfully drink that liter of water for an hour. And then I watched my friend do emergency, and she just put a little bit of water in a cup, and she put it in, and then she it was over for her in like a minute. That's so much pain. <laughs> okay, what are you grabbing? So I'm grabbing coupons. Oh, I love, I'm a coupon queen. <laughs> um, and I love coupons and especially ones that I can get like a free sandwich from somewhere. So there will be times that I will, um, make a free account and have my birthday be in the upcoming week. <laughs> and then I'll go get like a free sub from Jimmy John's or other places. There was one time that I used, uh, a coupon that I got for my birthday for Noodles and Company seven times. I got a free bowl of noodles seven times. That's genius. It was amazing. Oh my god. And it was all at different restaurants. Wow. So they never knew. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. What are we gabbing about? So I've been gabbing about um, calling my representatives. Oh yeah. So I've been yeah. gabbing to my representative. Um, unfortunately, I really haven't actually talk to any particular person but I've been leaving messages and letting them know about my viewpoints and what I want them to and how I want them to vote and while at first it was nerve-wracking and it was a new process it, I I really enjoyed it and it was wonderful to to express my viewpoints to express my concerns and then to also make sure that they knew that there was a, a, a human connected to those concerns um, and so I asked my sister if I could use some of her experiences, one in regards to healthcare and the Affordable Care Act, and talking about how she uses it to um, to get counseling for um, different needs. And so I used that story um, with her permission in uh, when talking with some of the representatives. Um, and then uh, I've just been watching other people because there's some people that have been doing videos of themselves calling representatives shout out to sarah Bareilles who did it and she wasn't able to leave a message because there was the ma- the mailboxes were full or the voicemails were full uh but it was really cool to see her somebody that i look up to like using her platform using her platform and, That's her, awesome. and her being nervous and being vulnerable and and showing that to everyone and that it's very easy to actually call your representatives so what are you yeah. what are you gabbing about well i just want to drop a line in here so the number, if you've never called your representatives, there's a nationwide number where you can just call this and enter your zip code and it'll take you to your representatives. And um, that's 202-225-3121. Um, so, yeah. Um, and I'll repeat that. So it's 202-225-3121. And you just punch in your zip code. Um, but I'm gabbing about uh, the double savior whammy we got the news <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the second coming it's Be- beyonce's twins that's what i'm talking about um bow, bow, bow. <laughs> it was just i loved seeing like everyone be excited and like happy and i was like wow social media used to be fun this used to be a good time um like for instance i have a tweet that i want to read um so this is at granny or Grain McGuire, and she said, uh, sad there are more black people in Beyonce right now than in Trump's entire cabinet team. Ooh! That's so good. Hashtag non, not an alternative fact. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But 
that's what I'm gabbing about. Beautiful. Yeah, if anyone wants, like, some, like, just beauty in their life, go to Beyonce.com. She has, like, a huge photo shoot with, like, poetry by Warsan Shire, who did, who helped her with Lemonade. Like, it's just fantastic. And there's photos of her and Jay-Z and Blue Ivy, and it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it is. Um... And the, the florals in it. Yeah. I'm a sucker for a floral. <laughs> Speaking of floral, our topic. What is Queer pop culture. <laughs> <laughs> well, how does floral relate to? Floral is totally queer. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Let's just make, let's just make that a thing. If you disagree, that's totally fine. You can email us. If you disagree. I'm coming for you. No, I'm not. I don't even... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, But yeah, so our topic today is sort of like queer pop culture that we really dig and um, also like queer writing and authors. Um, and it's kind of a pretty umbrella. Yeah. So what like I said before, we're going to kind of hit different topics and hopefully in later episodes we can dive deeper into like queer literature and queer music and queer and trans films and queer and trans TV shows and um, and maybe focus specifically on a queer or trans author or poet but we're just gonna go kind of go over some of our favorite things uh, that we really enjoy that are um, connected to queer and trans um, beingness uh, words are hard today yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so to start out, we're going to – Seth has magazines. Yes. Okay. So, Hannah, can I just explain to you that magazines are one of my favorite forms of literature? That's so interesting. So, like, did you, like, read them when you were younger? Yes. Okay, so there's a little bit of an age gap between Seth and I. Like, only a couple years. But, like, I never – read magazines when I was younger like that was just not something and that's partially because I didn't live in the country when I was younger for mm-hmm. a while but I just think it like people's adolescent experience influences their interest when they're an adult oh and definitely so, like, even though there's only like three years in between us like like I think like technology and internet was completely different mm-hmm. for you that was for me so I don't know yeah so a little bit of background on like my history with magazines. My family loves magazines, and so we, they used to purchase subscriptions a lot. And my dad is a history teacher, so he always had like National Geographic and um, and other things. He had sports ones like ESPN and that kind of thing. But I always got Nat Geo Kids um, when and like ESPN Kids, so the um, adolescent version of of magazines. But I always felt that magazines were a um, sort of like an adult thing so i love i love to do student subscriptions to magazines so i'm only paying like five dollars for a whole year or something really cool like that um but what are ones that you like magazine specific queer and trans magazines so my first love and uh forever love will be hello mister it's uh their slogan is um for men who like men and (laughs) it's by and it was created by um this writer, uh, Ryan Fitzgibbon. So if Ryan Fitzgibbon is listening to this, hey, I want to meet you because you're so cool. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> but they do an amazing magazine, and I think they're going to be on their fourth anniversary of their magazine. 
Um, I have young. every single one. So it's young, but it's 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 really well established. Yeah. Um, uh, and. So what they do is they usually have an interview with uh, a, a, somebody in the in, in the LGBT plus community that has made kind of a, an, a big impact, and they and then they that's their that's their their focus of the magazine. Um, but they usually have a theme with each magazine that they that each issue actually, um, and then they'll always reach out to the population and their readers to submit. Uh, their works of art, their works of writing, their works of photos. Have you done it? I have actually. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. I you... submitted uh, a a story. I tried to make it a little bit humorous. It's kind of like a, a diary about this the first person that I actually fell in love with. Oh, that's um, so cool! And it didn't get accepted, which is fine. Yeah. But I was I, I wanted to write, and so I did it. And then I also actually made a mock up cover art for the magazine and I submitted it to a magazine distributor in the UK and it was supposed to be a holiday issue so I drew this um, this tree that had ornaments and in the reflection of one of the ornaments is these two men kissing or people that could be perceived as men kissing um, and submitted I didn't win the competition through that magazine distributor but it was still fun to do it and to do something for a magazine that I love yeah um, and so some of the people that they featured are I think that the person's name is pronounced uh, Yavi who is currently the lead in Hamilton um, but it also is a queer man of color and um, is HIV positive and openly talks about it which is awesome and then they also did milk who was a drag queen on um, and RuPaul's Drag Race very campy but I love them they're really cool and then um, somebody that I really enjoy that I read a lot of their information or what they write is Saeed Jones and you'll be talking about them a little bit mm-hmm. later yeah. uh, but that's a big magazine that I really really love and that has helped me definitely find peace with some of the things in my life as a queer individual mm-hmm. and like niche. yes yeah. and um but also love myself more yeah and to realize that what i what i who i love what i do what i'm interested in is is okay and is good and is is beautiful yeah um another one that i've been getting into but it's kind of been tough to find a place that actually um carries the magazine is called the 10th zine and it's a black queer men's magazine, and they really focus on this intersectionality piece in um, what they what they write as well as um, what they put into their magazine. And I believe that they moved from Brooklyn down to New Orleans. Um, so, and what I've noticed is with some of their digital media is that um, it's it's kind of shifted in influence, and it's been really cool to see um, the the where they where their stuff kind of gravitates from. Yeah. And so your topic is what? What were you were you going to begin with? Yeah, I was going to cover, like, poets. Okay. Um, I do want to add, like, a caveat. Like, I am kind of a baby gay. Like, I re- I'm, like, recently out. <laughs> and so, like, um, a lot of my, like, interests, I've, like, gravitated towards things that ended up being, like, kind of gay. But, like, I didn't have an intention for it because for the for a long time I like wasn't aware of this facet of my identity 
Um, but get, I think that's kind of cool, um, given the things that I have listed that I've been interested in for a, for a while. Um, well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, so, like, I really, I mean, any angsty individual, any angsty individual has to be into, sli- into slam poetry. <laughs> um, and so there's, like, a, and, I mean, just poets in general, like, um, some of the ones that I want to list is like, um, Adrian Rich, um, who has a book called Dream of a Common Language that's really famous. Um, Audre Lorde, who is a, like a black queer, um, lesbian writer who has like tons of books on like theory and race, but then also just like poetry as well. Do you have a favorite book? By her? Yeah. Sister Outsider. Mm. Um, which is like, just, I think like any, like, um, feminist that wants to be intersectional should read it. It's really cool. Um, and then, like, Denise Froman has a great poem, Dear Straight People. Um, it's so great. Oh, my God. What's it, like, is it, like, a good, like... It's, like, Dear Straight People, stop staring at me in the room. Like, oh, my weird. God. <laughs> that's not, that's not it, but it's just, like, things that I'm annoyed by. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's fun. Um, yeah. So... And then you had Saeed Jones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where our, our interests kind of overlapped, um, is Saeed Jones. Because he has a book of poetry called Prelude to Bruce, which yes. is really fantastic. But then he's also the culture editor at BuzzFeed. And so he's also kind of this, like, cultural cornerstone. Guru. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, for, like, pop culture yeah. and the things that we're talking about. Um, and I know for me, like, I haven't actually read the poetry, but I've read other things that he's done and um as well as the interview that he did with with hello mister and i really enjoyed him as a person um but i have not been able to enjoy a lot of his poetry yet yeah i also really like um uh roxane gay yes who's like famous for bad feminists um yeah poetry's so good do any of these people specifically do Slam poetry, or yeah, okay. um, I mean Denise Roman is the main one that I mentioned. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there stuff online that people can look up? Uh, yeah, I think that we'll put it on our social media. Perfect. Yeah. YouTube okay. is always a great resource. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you have, uh, young adult literature. Young, okay. So, a little side note: I've stepped away from young adult literature just because a lot of it is, is these coming of age stories yeah and for me i appreciate them i think that they are needed and and those who are writing young adult novels keep writing them because they're a great assistance for for people for young adults adults. coming of age um but i think that there's not a lot of adult literature that is queer Mm. and or has queer and trans topics intertwined in them and so I am kind of over these coming of, age, coming of age stories. Not to say that I'm done developing in some of my identities, but I'm like, all right. Yeah. I this is I'm, I I can't relate to these things anymore. I think that's characteristic of adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> but, but two of my favorite books that I've read are the first one I just read it this summer and I really enjoyed it. Although it is a coming of age story, I I appreciated the branding. I appreciated the the take on relationships and friendship and that's 
um, Aristotle and Dante discover the secret of the universe by Benjamin Alire Symes, Hans. And it was just beautiful. It, 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 it had all these intersectionalities yeah. in it. There these, these were um, boys of color um, and Latinx boys of color and, and also queer young boys finding a relationship, finding passion in, in their own interests, but also finding passion with each other. Um, but I loved it and it was beautiful and it, and it, it got my heart racing and it made me kind of want to fall in love uh, and that kind of thing. Um, really so it was cool. really cool. And it's then there's, cool to have that representation in more than one way. Yes, definitely. And I appreciate the author for doing that. Um, and there was also Will Grayson, Will Grayson, and this was a dual authored book by John Green and David Levithan. Hmm. And David Levithan does a lot of uh, young adult novels focused on queer and trans topics. So please, whoever's listening, uh, look him up. I really, I think that he does a, a good job with that. But it was this dual authored. So one, it's a story about one person named Will Grayson and another person named Will Grayson. And John Green takes one um, of the Will Graysons and then David Levithan takes the other. And they eventually, hap- by happenstance, meet up. Um, or cross paths, really. And uh, the sort of queer aspect about it is that one of the Will Graysons identifies as queer. Um, I think it specifically identifies as, a, as gay in the book. I haven't read it in a long time. And um, starts to date um, one the other Will Grayson's friend. Mm. And it's just really cool to, to see friendship and love at a young age and to see yeah. that... It, this one friendship start to kind of deteriorate and mold in, and mold into something different because somebody else is falling in love. And so I really liked it. Um, and I appreciate the, these stories being told, um, and keep writing, keep writing queer individuals and, and queer and trans individuals into, um, young adult novels. They're, they're needed for, for, um, young people. So yeah. you, what's, so what's your other kind of, pop culture um, crush pop culture goodies. Okay, so goodies. <laughs> we had a really funny exchange before we started recording which is like I don't have a super extensive list um, of specifically queer pop culture interests but at the top of my list was Kate McKinnon <laughs> and I said I don't care if she's straight I just think I just like to think that she's queer and Seth goes yeah she's a lesbian and I was like oh, I didn't even know that <laughs> that's perfect and then I say you know maybe it's your subconscious just yeah, gravitating it, it towards maybe. people yeah I don't know I just so identify with her and I know that like that's really common for like women my age but I'm not about to like shy away from something because tons of women like it like I think that like that tends to happen mm-hmm. like do you know how like twilight everyone would hated it yeah and it's like there's this trend in pop culture where it's like as soon as like people like tons of women start to like something it's like this like fangirl thing right and i hate yeah you know i hate the yeah. whole fangirl fanboy thing yeah but keep going yeah and so like i just think it's i will like always like her no matter yes like, her popularity it's just great um have you ever heard her talk about her cats? Yeah. Or her, I think it's a cat. Yeah, I don't really like... I mean, okay, I have people listening that are going to be offended, but I'm not a cat person. <laughs> you know, um, I, I'm i not really a cat person either. I like them, but, you know, I don't want them. <laughs> um, yeah, I just like her, like, 
her the masculinity that she exhibits is very similar mm-hmm. to the way I blend masculinity and femininity. Nice. But, so something else I'm really into it, is like what? It's like a centerpiece of like queer girl. Okay, you seem nervous. I'm not nervous. nervous. I'm just, like, super excited. Okay, what are you excited about? It's Broad City. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Just like beer in the last episode. Mm. (laughs) Love Broad City. (laughs) Yes, queen. (laughs) I'm not good at that. Oh, my God. That was the most nasally yas queen. (laughs) You know, we just go with it. You, You live your life. Yeah. Live your truth. Okay, so Broad City. Yes. Um, people, like, try to take quizzes to, like, identify themselves as, like, Abby or Alana, but I, like, totally think that everybody's a bit, little bit of both. Definitely. And, like, my my roommate and I exhibit, like, a lot of their friendship, and it's, like, really cool just to see, like, women, like, just being kind of, like, fallible and, like, gross and, like, sexual or, like professional or like struggling you know what I mean like all of those things like it's very it makes like the characters very dimensional because it's like being like a 20 something like person in this world right now is just so weird Mm -hmm. and trying to figure it out is really fun so that's why I like Broad City I think you've you hit it on the head and I think they all wrap it up in humor like Uh it's all done in humor and I really appreciate that um, but my best friend and I would sit in her bed and watch it together. Aww, that's so um, great. So it's cool that you, like, you and your roommate watch it together and my best yeah. friend and I watch it together. Yeah. Um, but I think you, like, you're right. You're completely right about Broad City. Um, and the char- the other characters are just so beautiful as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hannibal Rest. Oh, he's Ooh. so... Ooh, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the sixth flavor. <laughs> oh, yes. <gasps> Do you remember when... Sweet, bitter, sour... Salty. Oh, mommy. Oh, mommy. Have <laughs> you... My... I thought you were... I thought first you were talking about that episode where uh, Alana's roommate went to try to figure out which frozen no. yogurt there. That no. episode was... That I'll was watch it. Okay. Um, so, Broad City was... I don't think... Is that it? Is that all you have? I think I might... Oh, San Junipero. Okay. Black Mirror, first of all. It's like the modern Twilight Zone. Twilight, Twilight Zone. Sometimes it's like, yeah, we get it. It's like kind of too you, dystopian. Then it's like, okay, Correct. right. Mm-hmm. Like robots are going to kill us. We know. But Bees some are of the. Come and get us. Oh my God. Oh, spoiler I just, alert. I just watched that one. Oh, that episode. That episode in my stomach just, scary. just shred itself <laughs> apart. We're talking about the episode with the. With the uh, bees, so check it out. Um, I don't remember which one it is, but the one that I'm talking about is called San Junipero, and it's like, I won't. Is this uh, part of their third season? Yeah. Okay. It's so it's the Netflix th- produced one. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're all Netflix produced. The two first seasons were BBC produced. Oh, mm-hmm. that's so interesting. Okay. Well, going like going off of that, the the plot of the San Junipero is like. They're in the characters are in this like sort of like afterlife and they meet and like um, the episode center around centers around this queer lesbian couple. And what's cool is like um, I've never seen like uh, like a queer lesbian couple portrayed in just like a pop culture TV show. Like I've seen like Blue is the Warmest Color, but like that's like 
niche art film mm-hmm. like just for like independent just yeah. for like something like black mirror to do it was cool um but i thought it was funny like you know that like the stigma of like queer girls always die well queer people always, always die, die in movies and, and films yes. so like like that's one of the reasons <laughs> that's one of the reasons i was kind of salty at westworld is like they didn't have any queer characters and like the two that were like really side characters were totally killed um but going back to black mirror mm-hmm. and san Juno para like um they don't like it's like since they're in this afterlife it's like even when queers queer girls don't die they still die <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's fine i love it was good I really do like Black Mirror, and I didn't know the episode. I skipped through a couple of the episodes, yeah. um, so that's all. I have to go back and, and watch yeah. that one. So yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um, okay, so like Hannah w- was previously talking about how we were going through, and she called herself a baby gay about oh, like yeah. queer pop culture, queer and trans pop culture. But and like me, I came to our I came to the podcast today with a list, like a list upon list upon list of things, mm-hmm. and. Um, that's because I love consuming. I'm a consumerist. Yeah. I will consume and consume and consume. I'll call <laughs> myself out on that, okay? Um, but, like, I have a list of films, of, of queer films that's that so I great. love. And um, I just want to name three that, like, they kind of hit on different points. and um, Or actually four. Before, before you do that, I do want to add, like, a caveat that it's, like, there's no... Like, you don't have to be so into queer culture to get, like, your queer culture. Oh, never. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. And so it's, like, the only reason that I use the term baby gay is just because, like, I haven't been out for a while. It's a, um, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's, like, a self-elected term. It's not like, it's not like there's a hierarchy oh, to the experience never. Anything, no. And, 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 and have fun with trying to find your own, your own yeah. jam. Yeah. Um, so your films? So my films, uh, and I think this is because I have a lot of friends that are filmmakers and that oh, are cool. involved in independent film, but I think one of my all-time favorite and out of all documentaries that have ever existed is Paris is Burning. And it's about ball culture. That's so cool. In, in the, I believe the late, maybe the, it's in the 80s, um, but it's so cool and it's so beautiful and it teaches you about different words and phrases that happen in ball culture that have now sort of transcended into common lingo, um, such as like uh, tea and shade and those kind of things. Um, and so it's, it's a really beautiful documentary that was done a long time ago, not super long, but it's it's really cool. And I would suggest anybody to watch it if they want to um, dive into ball culture and learn a little bit more about it. Um, never, I'm, I myself don't know a lot, so this is cool. Get on it, girl. <laughs> Um, the other one that I really enjoy is Tangerine. Um, one, because of the way that it was filmed, because it's about trans characters, because it was, um, all of the editing was done, like, on different apps and different things, and the the filming was done on iPhones, um, and it really, it, it centers on these two trans women, and it also talks about, um, sex work and how that is involved with, with different trans individuals and and it's just beautiful it's amazing and it's powerful uh and i really appreciate the existence of of tangerine um the next one is closet monster it recently came out and i think it debuted at montreal's film festival my thought on closet monster is like 
I just think of gremlins. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Don't pour water on gremlins. Is that right? Like you're not supposed to put water. Yeah, they like that, that was scary. That I've was never a scary seen it. Movie. But it's not not closet monster. And it's not about Monsters <laughs> Inc. either. Um, <laughs> but it's about this kid that's trying to come into his queer identity while having a father that's incredibly homophobic and also abusive. Um, and and his parents split and um, at a, when he was at a young age. But then he also has this guinea pig that is sort of like his jeeves or his his um pal pal where he can ask questions to it and it will answer back at him and like this in this funky voice and i love it um and my last one which i hope everybody gets the opportunity yeah it's on my list uh to to look at is is translate it's another documentary but it's done by the incredible and outstanding janet ma (laughs) um and if you ever get the chance, go and see Janet Mack talk because it is, it's... Have you seen her talk? Yes. Wow. I've met her too. And I what? don't know if she remembers, but it's fine if she doesn't. But it, I sat there in a church listening to a trans individual talk about their experiences, not only with religion, um, but with, with their life and what they've done and what they were going to be doing. It was amazing to hear Janet Mack talk, um, but she produced Translist, and really cool. it's very similar to the other fill in the bl- like the fill in the blank list. Um, and she interviews and asks people questions about their life as a trans individual. And so there's a person that's in the military. There are people who are public figures. There are people who are politicians wow, or really going cool. into politician po- politics. There are y- youth and. Um, there are activists. It, it hits the gamut. Um, yeah. And so if anybody gets the chance, if anybody can borrow a friend's HBO password, you know, the <laughs> president of HBO said, you, like, use other people's passwords. They're okay with it. Watch it. It's it's incredible. Um, and then watch it again. I watched it again after I watched it the first time. Because I wanted to, I just, yeah. I was so awestruck by it that I wanted to view it again. Yeah. Um, so, and then also some other films they're on Netflix because I know a lot of Netflix subscriptions have risen. Um, Holding the Man, um, A Single Man, Four Moons, Life Partners, The Outlist, Pariah, Those People, Do I Sound Gay? And I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but those are some films that I, yeah. I have watched on Netflix yeah. and that are accessible pretty easily. Those sound really cool. And something that I noticed, like, there's like a lot of. I mean, like, even with it, like, within the queer community, there's, like, a lot of division. I mean, there's literally, like, letters, like, um, outlining, like, LGBTQ, and that's why we kind of use queer to, like, kind of, like, bring them them all together. But, like, um, I think there's definitely, like, not a disparity, but, like, there's, like, a level of, like, um, I don't know. There's not a lot of visibility for like queer women and like trans trans people. Definitely. Um, and so like it's really uh, like all of your interests within like um, like the more like gay man like male side of it is really interesting. Like because that isn't like a world that I would go to to look to see myself. Understandable. And so that's like part of the queer world that I'm not familiar with. And it's such a 
corner, an, a positive and negative cornerstone in a lot of queer and trans um, uh, pop culture is gay white men. Yeah. And I think we could do a whole episode on it. <laughs> oh, we could. Um, and that and that takes up a lot of space within pop culture, which is now sort of transcended transcended into just regular, regular culture. culture. Yeah. Um, and it's like good to acknowledge yes. and like take a, take a uh, inventory of. Mm-hmm. But um, but good good like point making that um that that yeah. known and and just talking about it. Yeah. It's it's something yeah like you said we could definitely have a whole topic on, but yeah. um. That's our main segment. Yeah, we hope you enjoy listening to a couple of our favorite things within queer pop culture. Uh, we probably will make episodes that highlight specific things, so like mm-hmm. literature, film, yeah, um, poets, TV, comic books, a lot of other things. Um, so, and those may be shorter episodes where we just specifically talk about that without having our other sections. Um, but we hope that you could add into the dialogue on our social media about what you're listening to, what you're watching, what you're reading um, that's in uh, queer and trans pop culture. Get us to know a bit more. Um, get those, get other listeners to know a little bit more as well. Um, because we aren't going to be able to, to read and see and watch and do yeah. everything with queer pop culture. So queer and trans pop culture. Exactly. So wrapping up today, Yeah. we're going to... Pass the throne? Give the throne? Give the throne. Is it give? I think it's give. All right. We're going to give the throne. Give the throne. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I am. I've done my homework, clearly. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just saying because I didn't know if it was pass or Oh, give. my God. I'm, you know, today's been a long day, but I am. You know. We're just, we're pushing through. Yep. Chugging along. Keep on so, keeping on. As, as thrones go, <laughs> um, who do you pass the throne to? Get the I, too. <laughs> oh Lord, this is it's gonna be an issue. Um I would say that I am passing oh look at you. You've got me saying passing. Uh, just kidding. It's so I give the throne to the first person that comes to mind is gotta be Barack Obama and oh, Michelle yeah. Obama. I miss them. So they can share that seat. They can like snuggle in and like just sit in the seat together and make like this cute is a literal photos. throne instead of metaphorical. Um, but I I I appreciate I appreciate everything. I appreciate their family. I appreciate th- their beauty. I, I appreciate them. everything. And these past couple of weeks, I have sometimes still think that Barack Obama is my president. And so when I talk about him, I'm just like, oh, yeah, um, our president, Barack Obama, oh, nuggets. Um, And so, but I I, I appreciate everything. I appreciate their family. I appreciate what they've given to me specifically. Um, And like just the just the immaculate amount of work that he put in. Like, I'm only just now like realizing how much I took for granted like how much I didn't wake up every day and like think about like the leadership of our nation yeah and like how important 
he was and is. Yeah. Um, I want to, like, talk about something I saw on Twitter in reference to them. So Michelle and him were, like, walking on the beach, and, like, the press was, like, taking pictures of them. And she, like, she was, like, wearing, like, just beach clothes that are totally, like, uh, like up to her to wear. Appropriate but, like, for a beach, yeah. Yeah, but, like, in the last eight years, she's definitely dressed more specifically um, because she's, like, in a fishbowl. Right. And in so, a position of, 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 yeah. of viewing. Yeah. So in this video, she's like, she's got her short shorts on, like she's got a hat on and the pre and Obama's got a backwards hat on. Oh my gosh. And so they're like waving or like the press is saying hello. And Michelle Obama doesn't even do her fake wave. She just keeps walking. Oh. And I saw this tweet from this person that was like, America, she is not taking your calls like ever again. No. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. And I think I, and I love. And I love, love Michelle Obama. There's something about her where she brought so much to the position of first lady that I think would have never have ever been there. And I think a lot of that is due to her being a woman of color. Um, And and as well as being a first lady that has a law degree and has um, and isn't afraid to call herself a mother and isn't afraid to call her um, self a, a figure that people are looking at um, and things like that. And I really, I really appreciated yeah. her and everything that she gave. Um, and you're talking about how like you weren't, you didn't realize um, everything that, you, I took for granted. That you took for granted, and I think that happened to me. That and maybe I think about a month ago, I realized that during the four years or the eight years that Obama, the Obamas were in the White House, I was never fearful of my future. I never was like, "Oh, what's going to happen next?" Which is a which is a privilege. Oh, statement. for sure. Yes, I, I def- given that. Yeah, and I and I and I acknowledge that, um, and. But it but is I, valid. I, but I could have, I could have easily been fearful. I graduated from high school. I graduated from college. Uh, I was switching between jobs. I started um, graduate school. So there's these things that I, I could have been fearful of. But I woke up every morning feeling good and and satisfied, you know. Yeah. Um, or content. I think that would be really. I was content. And lately, I've been waking up and just. It's that's scary. not been that's not been the the same yeah. same emotion. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that brings me to what I want to pass the throne to, which is just a simple phrase, um, that my cousin said to me when I was talking to him recently, and it, and it said, um, this is not normal, it's not okay, and, like you like we just have to keep telling ourselves that because the things that are happening aren't normal um and the more people start to normalize it and accept it and see it as a reality the more trouble we're in correct um and i don't want to get into specifics because people that are listening to it know what i'm talking about um but it's just like this isn't normal and it's not okay and i I think you hit again you keep you hit it on the head like we can't normalize it yeah and we have to keep continuously calling out and bringing attention to it and and showing it for what it is. Yeah. Yep. So, nice. Yeah. So, um, in conclusion, um, we want to um, do some homework, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, shout out to um, 
Henry Tegeler, who's our production support. Um, this episode was written and produced by Seth Kemper and Hannah, Hannah Schneider. Schneider. <laughs> um, and then you can contact us on our social media at on Twitter at Queerdom. No, on Twitter at Queerdom. Underscore Queerdom. Jeez. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> so Twitter is at underscore Queerdom, and Facebook is Queerdom. Um, and then you can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Um, please follow us on iTunes. Please rate us on iTunes and Google Play um, so we can know how you're feeling about us. And on our social media, uh, tweet at us. Comment on our posts on Facebook. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know um, what your opinions are. We really want to have a great dialogue on yeah. our social media with you all. Um, and for myself, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at Seth. Kemper. It's S-E-T-H-K-A-E-M-P-F-E-R. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Seth Kemper as well. And um, your handle? Oh, my handles are kind of <laughs> weird. Um, on Twitter, I am ha, 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 Hannah, E-S-S. Uh, I made that when I was a sophomore in high school. And then my Instagram is Amazing Spiderhand. And I made that. I have no excuse for that. I made that like a year ago. So, you know, they're just goofy. My AIM account was VBallKing05. Oh, my AIM account was Smiley Face, like S M I L E Y Face 9743. Wow. Yeah. Also, I think at one point it was like laughing out loud. Like I spelled out laughing out loud. <laughs> you know, it was weird. I had some really bad Tumblr um, okay, URLs. See, I so. never had a Tumblr when I was like an adolescent. I have one now, but it's like different. I never had a MySpace. I wasn't allowed to. Oh, I had a MySpace. I had Tumblr. I had AIM. I oh had everything gosh. that we could ever have. 